This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we're back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your wonderful faces. Could not miss waving to you guys as I move the microphone. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you are listening to us, mostvaluablepodcast.com, we thank you for listening to us today. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into our jam-packed show. First off, we have MVP t-shirts. You want to know how to get one? Description down below. But the short of it is all you got to do is email us your size, your name, your address, and then we'll tell you how much you got to pay in there. However, everything is in the description if you want to know. Go right down there. What's also in the description, patreon.com backslash podcast. We cannot make these work. We can't keep these lights on without the help of Jake, Patrick, Christian, Brandon, our great patron, Zani, Trevor, even old patrons. So if you want to help the channel like what we're doing here, check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast. And last but not least, if you're on iTunes, have an iTunes account, give us that five-star rating. It really helps us in the long term. Give us that good rating. Give us five stars. Then do the same for the primetime podcast, the fast break, and the Rick and Johnny podcast. But Mark Got a jam-packed show today. We're going to be talking about the New York Giants, kind of talking about them again, as we kind of have talked about them the past few weeks. We're going to look at them, who could be their new head coach. Then we're getting ready for next week. Next week is our first mock draft of the season, and we're going to be looking at two draft draft topics, Baker Mayfield and the Browns, so stay tuned for those two. But let's get into... The New York Giants mark James McAd- or Ma- Ben McAdont out of town in New York. There's one guy that everyone's looking at that the Giants are apparently going for. But I want to throw out a name. Usually I ask you, Mark, mm-hmm. who do you think they're going to hire? I want to ask you this. I am looking at an article right now from 247sports.com. And here's what the headline says. You ready? John Gruden is open to coaching Giants. If Eli Manning returns, give me give me the hot take. Give me what you see. Could we really see John Gruden as the head coach of the Giants? Well, first of all, you thought you were going to surprise me, but you didn't. <laughs> you didn't uh, because John Gruden always comes up when when it's coaching time. Um, well, I, I think that Herm Edwards kind of uh, opened the door a little bit mm-hmm. for some of these ESPN guys to go back since and, he and left give it a and shot. went to ASU. Yeah. I, he, which is his alma mater, if I remember correctly. I think so, maybe. Um, so, sure, the door is open. Do I think that John Gruden will do it? No, because I still stand by that he's got one of the cushiest jobs ever. And Herm Edwards does as well. But Herm Edwards, I would say, has less cushy because he has to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Where John Gruden, he shows up for football on Sunday he show, or I'm sorry, on Monday, he mm-hmm. shows up for the quarterback camp, and that's about it. That's, that's all John all Gruden does. does. And he probably is making more than Herm Edwards does. So um, someone could probably look that up for me. But, yeah, I, I think he's got way too cushy of a job. He's got himself a ring. You know, he doesn't need to try and get himself another one. And it always comes by 
what people like to say when it comes to John Gruden was John Gruden won a ring with somebody else's team. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Gruden, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I've never wanted to say that he's a bad coach. Uh, I think that people might overrate him a little bit. Um, and I don't think that John Gruden should go out there and test that. It's very hard to be out of the NFL well, for a long time and then come back and try and coach again. And let's be completely honest. The only reason we are talking about John Gruden in this time is in the Monday night broadcast last night, McDonough even mentioned, he's like, you know what? Your name always comes up. The exact quote is, would Coach Gruden consider coming to the New York Giants? Your name comes up every job. Gruden the first time goes, I don't believe half the stuff you hear and read, Sean. Then the next time he goes, one of our producers saw somewhere the odds of you going to the Giants are 35 to 1. Would you take the over or the under on 35 to 1? And that's when he said, I'll take the under if Eli comes back. There you so go. right now it's like that. I would love that actually because here's the thing with the Giants. And I want to ask you before we get into – candidate specific now that John Gruden is like there we talked about it push yeah, it to the side move on. is this really I, I kind of want to ask this with every job how appealing is this New York Giant job based on just the last two years the Ben McAdoo era alone? yeah well I actually I'm, I'm glad that you you say specifically with these last couple of years because I think these last couple of years have made this job extremely unappealing um you have everything you could possibly want in player talent mm-hmm. um the super bowl caliber talent i'll yeah. say again the idea of you know if eli manning comes back mm-hmm. ben mcadoo's been fired eli manning's coming back that's the end of the story mm-hmm. you know i can't imagine a way he leaves now that ben mcadoo and the gm are gone um you know maybe he's got an issue with the owners because of how they let it how they, how they let things happen. And I do to an extent. I agree with a lot of people that are saying, what was the point of benching Eli if you were just going to fire the coach? Mm-hmm. Were they going to not fire him and Geno Smith got a win? You know, was that the plan? Um, it almost felt like the entire organization was very passive aggressively punishing Eli Manning well, for, for lack of success these past few years. Well, my whole thing with the Eli thing is. I want to know exactly whose smart idea, and I say that sarcastically, whose bright idea it was to bench him. Because if it's McAdoo and he has to go to the GM and then they have to go to uh, Mara, somebody, I would expect if it gets to Mara, he'd be like, no, it's fucking stupid. Sit the fuck down. That's why I personally think everybody was okay with it. It Mm -hmm. had to have gotten approval. Now, of course— Ben McAdoo is the head coach. He decides who plays yeah. and who doesn't play. I would have done it differently, and I know we talked about this um, when yeah. it happened, but I would have let Eli start. Then when you're losing at halftime, okay, we're pulling the plug, Geno's in. I, then you have a yeah. suspect to reason for Although, doing it. That's what they were. To- that's what they actually told Eli, essentially, they were mm-hmm. going to do, except for it was at halftime no matter what you're being pulled. No, I would have just um, – I wouldn't have told him I would have done that, obviously. Yeah. I, I think is uh, yeah, a bit smarter idea. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. although I still stand by – it was going to take Eli like five years to get to Brett Favre's record. He was True. never going to do it. It doesn't matter. Well, it's not about the record. It's about the— But the record is what and, people are hung up on. Well, and this is why I'm telling you, it doesn't matter about the record. To me, what matters most about this whole thing and why mm-hmm. Eli is most important in the head coaching search is— I think it was—it wasn't Trent Dilfer. It was Hasselbeck, I believe, today. It could have been Dilfer. It was someone in ESPN 
mentioned, like, when you look at Eli Manning, he even said he's like, I think Eli wants to be a giant for life. For and sure. he just wants to go out there and play and just be on the field for well, the Giants yeah. as the starter. Now, some of that is the Manning kind of thing, because when I heard Archie get interviewed about it after the McAdoo firing, yeah, there were parts of it where it's like, yeah, you, you never want to see someone get fired because of what it does. But part of me looked at that interview and went, you made this happen. You made this happen right now because you probably went to Mara and said, what the fuck is going on, man? He might have, What's but I going think on? that Ben McAdoo was getting fired. Oh, yeah. Anyways. No. But I think the Giants might have waited till the end of the season mm-hmm. rather than Archie going, I think Archie deal is kind of like what you said yeah. two, a week ago, two weeks ago, that basically it's like Archie's going to, don't worry, I got this. I got this. Archie Eli. tells the NFL to jump, and the NFL says how, how high. high. But I want to yeah. ask you, with this job being as unappealing, because I'm with you, it's unappealing right now where the Giants are. Not they're, player-wise, there's, just based on the organization yeah, right now. There's a reason why when people say, wow, this is the first time the Giants have had to fire a head coach midseason t- since the 70s. That shows you that the Giants organization is in deep shit right now. I want to ask you, let's say mm-hmm. you're the new GM. Congratulations, Mark. Thank you. You're the GM of the New York Giants. Who are you looking at as your head coaching candidate yeah. to this is my number one guy, this is who we're going with 100%? Well, first of all, I need to correct you on something. Technically, Eli would not be a Giant for life. He was a San Diego Charger for about like an hour. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Technicalities. So he, you know, he was drafted by the Chargers. He just got traded immediately. Had only worn a giant jersey. How about yep. that? They, I'll give you that. Um, did he put the hat on a, a Charger hat? I don't know. Maybe someone, someone, look it up in the comment section. Let us know. Um, a lot has changed in the NFL draft, so who yeah. knows what happens? Anyways, the whole point is, okay. First of all, the head coach, any head coach, is going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. until uh, the GM is hired, unless they're going to do something really weird, hire the head coach first, then put a GM in. It's a weird decision to make. Um, if I am the GM, GM here, the person that I think people are going to look towards is going to be this immediate person who's mm-hmm. going to be talked about for everybody, and that's Josh McDaniels because he's part of the Patriots organization right now, um, he had a failed attempt in Denver, uh, but here he is doing really well under Belichick. Maybe this is a guy you got to look at, especially when you have a older quarterback. This is what it really comes down to for me. Somebody has to buy into, I can get one last Super Bowl ring out of Eli mm-hmm. because he's only going to be there for two, three years, probably. Um, there's a lot of money that was spent to get this team where it is. So a lot of those players are going to go off soon uh, as well. They, you know, have been pretty well in the draft with a lot of their players who eventually you can't pay all those guys. Mm -hmm. So right now is this prime time. We talked in the offseason about how everything looked on the up and up for, for the Giants. Everything looked right for them to make that Super Bowl run. So you need someone who can come in and do it in one or two years. You know, you need essentially like the Gary Kubiak, to Peyton Manning, who came in, got it done for the Denver Broncos. You need something like that. I, Even though I'm bringing up Josh McDaniels right now, I don't think that Josh McDaniels is that I'm guy. I'm not in love. Like, you mentioning that, I'm not in love with that. Because, like, with Josh McDaniels, it's I wonder if when we look back at McDaniels' career and it's going to wonder if he gets another head coaching job or not and proves this wrong, I feel like we might look back at it and go, good coordinator, 
not cut out to be a head coach. For sure. Kind of like Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Coordinator, fine. Head coach are horrible. As a lot of those. A lot of those head coaches, when they have their opportunity, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for them. Um, you know, another big one that a lot of people are going to be talking about is Jim Bob Cooter. He did, and he turned down a job recently on the college side. He turned down the Tennessee job. No reason to go down to the minor leagues. Yeah. Stay in the big, stay in the big boy league. Now, I want to ask you this: mm-hmm. Is so like Jim Bob Cooter, uh, Josh McDaniels? The thing I do like about the Giants pulling the trigger now is mm-hmm. they get to the front of the line. The front of the line. The only thing that I think hurts them in this is. Finding the GM because everyone, Adam Schefter, everyone on ESPN, NFL Live, they they're saying the same thing of, yeah, you can go out and get a guy that's just sitting there, but if you want somebody in an organization like X team, this team, you got to wait for that season to be over. I guess there's someone in the Cardinal um, organization. Well, that the season, Giants that are season's over for the, the, the Giants, so. are, but you got to wait until that season's officially over. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I think may hurt them is mm-hmm. Mara could be, no, this is the head coach I want, but brings in a GM and that GM goes, no, I don't want that guy. That's the only thing that hurts you. If you don't wait until that season is over, then well, it's like, gonna, guess what? You're yeah. not at the front of the you're line. You're most anymore. likely going to wait for the season to be over anyways for the mm-hmm. head coach. I mean, you're not going to take an offensive coordinator from somebody midseason. Well, and that's what I say. I'm not saying like take someone midseason, but I go back to mm-hmm. Dave and I just had this conversation. And I tweeted about it, not thinking about the GM part of it, but the thing with the Rams that made the McVay thing so great mm-hmm. is by firing Jeff Fisher when they did, they virtually had a leg up on everyone, could vet their guy, could go through due process, could really make sure they were getting a guy. And it's sure. like by the time other teams were looking at McVay and were like, hey, we want to offer you our job, he was pretty much in the Rams' pocket. And yep. it was, like, too far gone. You had that opportunity, but because you had to fire the GM also, is that going to take that advantage away from you because you still have to wait until Black Monday when the regular season ends for who you want to go after? I think that, sure, it's it's definitely kind of an advantage. Um, but everything has to fall into place. To mm-hmm. you know, the GM is an extra thing for it. Um, there's the people who have to want to play with Eli Manning, and as much as the world just stood up and defended Eli, there are still a lot of coaches out there who are going to say, "Old quarterback, the team itself hasn't been that successful. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Eli's ever been the guy to carry the team." Um, you know, especially in those Super Bowl years, there was a lot of things that helped Eli get there beyond his miraculous throw and catch. Um, so there's a lot of people out there who aren't going to really want to tie their name to Eli for two years, maybe mm-hmm. three, and then whoever they draft, you know, and there's no, there's no guarantee it's going to be a guy you like. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes this, this giant situation hard. But with that being said, we got to remember too, the New York giants are NFL royalty. Mm-hmm. In a way, you know, this is one of the big houses. Well, they're like the New York, uh, kind of like, uh, I want to say like, when you say royalty, I want to say like, oh, the New York Yankees are I would, football. I don't know if I would call them the Yankees. Except the Yankees have more championships. Yeah. That's the only reason I go, eh, because like the, you're not like the Boston Celtics where 
The yeah. Celtics are one of the most winningest franchises in the and, NBA. And I don't think that you have to be like one of the most winningest. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a really old historic organization. I mean, um, well, this is a bad example now because Chicago does have some of the most NFL championships. But mm-hmm. when you talk talk about when you just talk about the Super Bowl era, Chicago is going to always be one of those historic teams. Mm-hmm. They've only got one Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, and that's okay. It's okay. You can still have a lot of that tradition, that history, that legacy. Um, where it means something to be a New York Giant, a New York football giant, mm-hmm. to be specific. Um, that means something. That's a big deal. Uh, so I think that's going to be something that kind of sells it a little bit. You know, plus you're in the New York limelight. It's a good place to be. Um, it's an attractive job in that case. What I, what I wonder is, you think back to some of these great Giants teams that we've seen in recent years, mm-hmm. and yes, Eli Manning's always there, and there's these miraculous catches and things like that, but it's really the defense that makes the big deal. And I sit there and I wonder, do you go and try and find a defensive coach? Because Eli's going to be here for two or three more years, mm-hmm. and then he's gone. Do you try and get a defensive coach to really solidify and build this team into that scary defense that we've seen when they've won championships. Part of me says no. And the reason why I say no is kind of two coins. First one, the first coin, the first side of the coin is easy. It's like the comments we've got when Brandon and I did the Bears segment of should they fire John Fox? And we kind of talked about who they could mm-hmm. hire in place of John Fox. I say don't go defensive because, one, it's an offensive league now. you got to be able to air the ball out. you got to be able to score points. It's not a defensive league like it was in the past. However, you could still have good defenses. Number two, yes, you have Eli right now, but how long do you have Eli? Are you going to be confident in that defensive coach to then – get your offensive guy to be the next quarterback coming in and develop that quarterback. Which is true. It is true, but I just think of when you when you're looking at the when you're looking at the team right now and you're looking at the longevity mm-hmm. of Eli Manning and his career, he's best when he's got a good defense, which is pretty simple. I want to throw this name out. I think out. that works. I want to throw a name out at you. And the only mm-hmm. reason I want to throw this name out at you is because This upcoming college season next year could be the hottest season for this head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Do the Giants have enough to entice him to leave? And the only reason I say that, before you maybe reconsider that, no. I'm not going to reconsider it. The thing that I look at, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this is for sure going to get him to leave, but the hot seat for Jim Harbaugh is heating up with most, could really be heating up next year because Jim Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State, can't beat the big rivals, has a similar resume to coaches that have already been fired in college football. Like There was one thing I saw from Paul Feinbaum where basically him and Brady Hoke, who Brady Hoke was fired before him, have very similar Mm -hmm. resumes when it comes to Michigan could the Giants do enough, or do they even think about, hey, let's try to entice Jim Harbaugh to come in because look what he was able to do with the 49ers when he had our defenses better than what they had, but he has a quarterback who, yeah, Kaepernick was, that was good Kaepernick, I'll say, even though Kaepernick could still be good enough to be an NFL starter. 
that was better, Kaepernick, and we think Eli is better than that. Well, you you would hope if you can pull that off that maybe you can keep the connection between Harbaugh and Vic Fangio mm-hmm. um, and bring both those guys over. Vic Fangio will be looking for a new job Could at the end of the year, the Bears. Um, You know, not for any reason other than it's just not Clean working out house. between the two. Uh, he did a fine job. Jim Harbaugh, there's no way he's going to leave Michigan. Not He's mm-hmm. not going to just spend two years at his alma mater and then ditch at the first sign of trouble. Um I can't imagine that'll happen, uh, especially on how quickly he was kind of kicked out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to keep some type of integrity about him. Um, and really, I think for the big thing for Michigan, where this isn't a college football podcast, but Jim Harbaugh gets himself a good quarterback. That's going to go a mile yeah. you know, for, for this team. So that's really what he needs. He just needs a good quarterback, and he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I I can't imagine him leaving. If he was going to go anywhere, I would maybe say he's got the Chicago connection. He's a Midwest kind of guy. I would, the Chicago Bears drafted him. Like, you know, you have – now his career in Chicago wasn't mm-hmm. very good. But, you know, you have a little bit of a connection. That's the only thing I could see maybe pulling him out. Mm-hmm. But, again, I he's not going to leave just after two years. That's That's such a – such a bad-looking move. And the only reason I'm on two sides of this. One, I feel mm-hmm. like the only team that could get him to leave this offseason would be the Bears. Only because of that Chicago connection, younger quarterback to work with and mold a college. More, let's be honest, Trubisky's closer to being a college player yeah. than he is being an NFL player. And Jim Harbaugh can work with that. Jim Harbaugh can work with younger guys. Look at when he benched Kaepernick, or he benched Alex Smith, the older veteran quarterback, for Kaepernick, the younger quarterback. So obviously he likes younger quarterbacks. That's what he's worked with. That's what he had success with. However, the Giants, could they be, if they go after Harbaugh, could they be able to do enough legwork to where a McVay situation happens to where by the time the Bears get into it, Harbaugh's like, you know what, if he's thinking about coming out, it's, you know what, the Giants have been in the pocket, in the ear so much that, hey, I'm already scheduled to go there. I'm going to be the head coach there. This is a job, though, that at this point, I don't know. Like, this is the only one where I know people are going to come here to go, who do, who do you think the head coach is going to be? I don't know. This is one where I'm like, I don't know who is going to be the head coach of the Giants next well, year. Well, I think it's a little too early to really have a firm answer on anything. Because of the GM situation? Yeah, I think the GM situation is a big thing, too. But it's also the fact that, you know, yeah, sure, we have some some hot coordinators mm-hmm. that we can talk about. Um, but we, we really don't have a, a solid guess on the direction that the New York football Giants mm-hmm. want to go. Um that being one side. And two, I'm not a firm believer that there truly is that number one, you know, like... This is our guy. Yeah. For for a lot of these teams where there's going to be quite a few teams that are looking for new coaches. Mm-hmm. And I can't really sit there and say for sure this is the guy who's going to go. Like, when Todd Bowles was going to get get his job from, from New York, the, mm-hmm. the other side, the Jets... It was obvious that this guy was going to be one of the top candidates and that he was going somewhere. Mm. You know, you have some of these guys that are so obvious. When John Fox got let go uh, from the Denver Broncos, it was obvious that it was not going to take long for him to get another job. You know, some of those are just, they make perfect sense. I don't know if we have too many of those. 
this year. I want to ask you this to close this up before we go into draft mode the rest of the show. GM side, do you have in your mind somebody that they can go after that you're like, you know what, I'd like to see this guy as the GM? Because for me, there's only one, and I don't even think he gets hired by him, and that's Bill Polian. Like, if I'm the Giants, Mm -hmm. I try to do whatever I can to get Bill Polian out of ESPN and in my GM seat. Yeah, Bill Polian's an interesting one, Um, and there's been talks about him this this season. Uh, You have a nice little connection to with the the Manning name. Well, not just that, but also I think that Polian— can bring to New York something that they are lacking after they fired Tom Coughlin. And that is just like Coughlin was, this is the whole thing that this is a fallout of is getting rid of Tom Coughlin. That's what I think. If only they could have just like promoted him into a GM position. Exactly, because he's doing great things with the Jaguars. I think Polian, if you can get him in the GM spot, and I'm, I'm not an insider, but I, in my mind, in my view of the world, think that Bill Polian's a pipe dream for the Giants. But he would be the one that I would go all in on to get that because not only does he have a connection to the Mannings, but he's a guy that knows player development, he knows the he's phenomenal at drafting, and can build you a culture on top of the team you already have right now. Sure, sure. Um, I wonder if they're going to go what, you know, we're we're here in Chicago mm-hmm. with Chicago going with uh from with Acosta to get help, you know, yeah. to find that GM. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're gonna go ahead and get a consultant to help them, I which think really already, slows down the process. I think they already did they did. do that already? I think they got the same guy that helped the Bears when Good old were, uh good old Ernie. I think so. The, I think they said it was the same guy that helped the Bears in their search well, he when was, they were doing for Ryan Pace. He he was I I'm sorry, maybe mm-hmm. I'm missing something really obvious, but I don't remember his New York Giants connection, but he's yeah. from the New York Giants originally, so that's mm-hmm. where he's got the connection. So it makes sense that he would go back. I was wondering about that because that really kind of slows down a process, process, which is not a bad thing. This mm-hmm. is not something you want to just jump into because you're going to mess it up if you do. So be smart about it. Well, and this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Who should the Giants have? as their next coach for the next season. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And for the rest of the podcast, we are focusing on the 2018 NFL Draft. And the reason why, Mark, is because next week you and I will release our first NFL Mock Draft. You'll have yours. I'll have mine. We'll discuss them mm. the first time we're doing it's it. be good. Draft season for both NBA and NFL was actually kicked off this week, as if you guys haven't watched already, it's going to be up there. Check out the big board. The first big board of the year was out for the NFL with Brandon and I, so check that out. But today, what we're looking at first is Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, a guy who has had some questions, good quarterback on the field, has had some sideline antics. Yet again, check out a conversation that Brandon and I had about that, but I want to ask you on the NFL side, Mark, because obviously Baker Mayfield is going to be drafted, whether that's first round, whether that's second round. I want to ask you, who's the best NFL fit? Which team is the best fit for Baker Mayfield? It's it's pretty tough. Um, I think that something that he needs is 
discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you think of Baker Mayfield, if you don't think about forty-one touchdowns, um, you're going to think about off the field antics, sideline mm-hmm. antics. You know, whatever it is, he needs somewhere where he's going to have someone hammer it into him that this is not how we do things here. Now, this this one that I think is the best fit, I think there's no way in hell he ends up here. Okay. Um, and I think it would have to be, you know, you mentioned second round, so I think that he has to be taken in the first round if mm-hmm. this happens. And he definitely could sneak up, but I think Johnny Manziel will scare some people okay. from that mistake of drafting him in the first round. Mm-hmm. The team I think is the best fit for him, uh, and he will be a good fit for them, is the New England Patriots. He's got time to sit. He will learn. He will learn the Patriot way, which you all know I think is a little stupid. But Bill Belichick <laughs> but will it hammer works. it into his head. It works. Quit jerking off on the sideline. I mean, let's, you know. let's be honest. The guy that you and I were talking about in between recording segment one and segment two, yeah. Rob Gronkowski, who not the same as Baker Mayfield, but still a party animal off the yeah. field. He's been, He's been able to work in this Patriot system. Yeah, and there's just this. The players of the Patriots kind of have this, um, I don't want to say a no-nonsense type of mentality, Mm -hmm. but they have a, when you're here, you put it all aside, Mm -hmm. you leave it at the door, you come, you play, you do your job. You are not not an individual, you are a part of the team. And that's the Bill Belichick thing, do Mm -hmm. your job. So I think that that is the best fit for him Mm -hmm. on also in a... Personal, kind of emotional, mental level. Will he end there, though? No. I, I can't see it happening because mm-hmm. they're not going to pick him in the first round, and they're going to be high enough in the draft to where I don't think well, they get him in the second. Well, and here's the thing with Baker Mayfield. Right now, I on my personal big board, I had him at, I want to say, like 2021. 20, I had him in the below 20 range. And the reason why is I think he's a phenomenal quarterback talent. But it's those off-the-field antics, and I think the maturity question comes in for me. And for me with Baker Mayfield, you got to have that system, that kind of culture that is going to reel him in and say, hey, this is how we do things. Like, the ones that I automatically think of for fits, I was like, well, the Giants could work because, you know, Eli, you got a couple years of that. He can learn the NFL way, then come in. But with what we just talked about in the last segment— how their whole organization is in disarray, especially with all the distractions. And I know it's not Johnny Manziel type of stuff, but we use Johnny Manziel because there are so many analysts that have been like, well, it kind of reminds me of Johnny Manziel on the football field. And I don't care how you're talking about that. You mentioned Johnny Manziel compared to anybody. I think that's a bad connotation. You could be talking about the football skills. If it was me personally, I'd be like, no, get that comparison away from me. I don't want Johnny Football in the same breath as my name. So the Giants, they go, I, it'd be a good fit player-wise, but the fit doesn't fit like a glove, like I want it to. Like, there are other teams, like I look at the Buffalo Bills. But the Buffalo Bills, with everything going on with Tyrod, I don't know if you want to be in that situation. The one it gets team, messy, yeah. Here's a team that I think he'd be perfect for, the Denver Broncos. You have a guy like John Elway who is at the top of that organization who can take in Baker Mayfield and virtually do the same thing the Patriots could do, but in a different way. Instead of it be the organizational, like, 
Bill Belichick has set his Patriot way in his culture. It's John Elway basically being the mentor to Baker Mayfield more so because let's be honest, the Paxton Lynch experiment, I'm done with it. Terribly. Started this week, you even sent a text, whoa, wait, I thought Paxton Lynch was in. What's going on? And Sean goes, oh, he got hurt. I'm done. He's done. Draft a new quarterback. You don't have one. You need one. And if Baker Mayfield, like, the thing with the Broncos, and this could actually, actually, the more I think about it, could happen. Because if you look at the overall league standings right now, they have they have a top five pick. Right now, they're at four. And I know some people may be saying, whoa, 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 Ricky, you just said he's in the lower, like, 20s of your big board. Mm-hmm. What are you doing talking top five? By the time we get to the draft, put everything that could happen. Good combine, good interviews at the combine, good pro day. What if he wins the college football playoff? You put all of these things into the melting pot, into the blender, and he could rise into a sure. early first rounder where the Denver Broncos could be right there saying, hey, let's take him. Let's take him early on. And he could be projected there by the time we get to the end mm-hmm. of the draft cycle. My, my thing that scares me with that, essentially, is the fact that it's a quarterback mess mm-hmm. uh, in, in Denver right now. You know, you got the— because they don't have one. Well, yeah, you got Trevor Baker, Simeon. they would have one. I don't know that they, they would. I mean, they would in the fact that they mm-hmm. drafted him in the first round, yeah. most likely. Uh, I mean, they honestly could probably draft him in the second round mm-hmm. with the way things are currently. Uh, like we said, things change. But I just feel like he would be kind of by default, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's the kind of person. I don't think he's going to be Deshaun Watson who comes in there and just starts throwing all over everybody. You know, I don't think he's ready to come in. And I mean, he's got all the stat, you know, all the great stats out here um, for for his college senior year. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I think it's like 40, 41 touchdowns, 4,000 plus yards doing great. For Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I don't know if he's ready to come in here and be a pro quarterback. Um, not saying ever, not saying in just a year, but I don't think he's ready to come in here, take all of it, and just lead a team immediately. And part of that is just the mentality of it. You know, I, I don't know if I trust him um, maturity wise mm-hmm. yet. Well, and that's the big thing he's going to have to overcome, and that's why I mentioned. The interview that's going to be important when it comes to the combine because I mean I'm looking right now on ESPN they have an article. However, all five of the teams that they list, I don't know if I'm ac- absolutely in love with any of them. Like the Dolphins are the number one team on their list. I yeah, mean, you've got Ryan Tannehill, but it's like, are you? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's been injured, but are you then going to give up on him? Are you going to think that hey, you know what? He can sit behind a, Tannehill. The thing I will say, it's a good coach for a young mm-hmm. quarterback. The New Orleans Saints, I get the Sean Payton kind of like, yeah, you have Ingram, you have Kamara, you have weapons for him to work with. You do have a solid head coach in Sean Payton and Drew Brees. He's 38. He's getting there. He's not going to be there forever, though. So it's kind of like ah, maybe one or two years yeah. out of Drew Brees. New England, who you mentioned, the Giants, who I mentioned, I'm not in love with that one. And then lastly, the Minnesota Vikings, who their quarterback situation's up in questions as well. But the thing that I wanted to throw out in this one is I heard this from some college analyst. I can't remember 
who it was, but they basically said that a good fit for Johnny, like not a good fit, but the way they phrased it was they said, what if he went to Cleveland? Do you think that Baker Mayfield oh, that'd be terrible. could succeed in Cleveland? And Nobody I can't can rem- succeed. I can't remember this analyst's name on ESPN for the college side, but he said, I believe that Baker could go into Cleveland and basically turn around the Browns. He has the how mind, many times have we has said that the about mindset a to just say I'm so competitive, I'm going to go out there and win games and turn around. It's the an Browns. NFL quarterback. Every NFL quarterback is competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's no way that anybody's going to go in there and be the savior of Cleveland quarterback wise. It's just not going to happen. Name's LeBron James. He's not an NFL quarterback. I know, but I said unless your name's LeBron James. Uh, you know who? Yeah, Cleveland. Nobody wants to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that I think, honestly, if a team's going to draft this guy, it's probably Cleveland. Um, <laughs> they'll trade up into the first round. Uh, I think that a team I could see mm-hmm. something working for is actually the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Huh. And I don't necessarily say that because I'm trying to throw Blake Bortles out the door. We were. I was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, things have been working pretty well for them, mm-hmm. but they've got a really strong defense. I mean, great defense. They've got a great young running back. Mm-hmm. They've got options to throw the ball to. You have Doug Marone doing a good job. Tom I, Coughlin I, leading the team in the yeah. executive office. Tom Coughlin, who's going to be that no-nonsense kind of guy who mm-hmm. says, very similar to what I was saying with Bill Belichick, of, all right, you're in our stadium now, you're a Jaguar now, you cut that shit out. Mm-hmm. Or you are getting cut. Um, now I don't know because Blake Bortles makes it complicated. If Blake Bortles did what we all expected him to do, then yeah, it'd be good. He has not been bad. He hasn't been great. Um, he's been good enough to not lose a job. So that's the thing that kind of throws a wrench into the Jacksonville Jaguar area. Well, the thing with Blake Bortles that I absolutely love this year is. His touchdowns, he's kind of on pace to be the same. He's at 14 right now, but half the interceptions of last year. Yeah. He's only at eight interceptions, and I want to say since the October 28th game, the Colts game, basically, since that game, he's only thrown three interceptions, and those came in two games. The Charger game, which they won in overtime, and then the Cardinal game that they lost that one. I want to throw one out there at you, and this is one that I'm not exactly in love with for Baker Mayfield because they are a team that, yet again, they don't have, to me, the culture that I think could solidify something to tailor to his off the the sideline antics and the really the big question for me is maturity in everything because even look at the Ohio State game with the whole plant. I didn't have a Big problem with that, but some NFL execs might have a problem with that. Showboating is a big thing. And you said, like the Patriots, do your job. Bill Belichick's not a guy that's going to gloat, throw it in your face. He'll give you a no-nonsense answer, not even an answer at all. But the team that I'm going to throw out there, because they could lose their quarterback this year, the Washington Redskins. I just don't want him to go anywhere where he's going to have to start right away. I don't think he's mature enough Mm -hmm. to handle it. You know, and that, and I don't necessarily want to doubt his skills. Although I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Um, to me, it purely comes down to I don't want to hand this guy my team. This is when you're, you know, 
I you're, want him to prove yeah. that he deserves my This is team. when you're, you're 16 or your 15 year old just turned 16. Mm-hmm. They're ready to get their license. You're not going to give them the Porsche. Yeah, you're not handing over those keys. You're saying you drive the shitty van for a while. Yeah, drive the um, soccer mom van. And you prove to me. If that's even that's if we're even going to let you take the car you, before you prove to me that you are mature enough to handle the responsibility of a car. Off off topic, really quick. Yeah. First car when you got your license, what was it? Like a first car that I drove. Yes, like you just got your license. This is the car your parents let you drive. Do you um, remember? I don't remember which one really was the first one. There was the van, the minivan, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a PT Cruiser. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I drove both. I drove both. I don't remember which one was which. Mine was the only one I could drive because it was my grandpa's Oldsmobile Alero. That was my first car. Not a bad car, but also it wasn't like a nice shiny Porsche. Hey, I was was in bands and stuff like that, so I loved having the van. You needed something to carry all those instruments. The van was great, although the the PT Cruiser had a lot of room. Mm -hmm. You throw out, though, back to Baker Mayfield. Don't want him to start right, right away. Yeah. Then I'll throw on another team. This is one that has a potential out with the quarterback they have, but he doesn't have to start right away. I mentioned the Buffalo Bills earlier. Would you be not, I'm going to say not in love, but what would you think if Buffalo landed Baker Mayfield to sit behind Tyrod? It's not terrible, but I know they have Peterman. The problem is they don't have Peterman. That's not, (laughs) that's not anybody. The problem is that, they have no desire for Tyrod Taylor to be their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've already shown that time and time again. So if they draft a guy like Baker Mayfield, he is default starter day one. True. And that's that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid. So really, we're let's be completely honest here. We're basically defaulting to the the two main spots that would be perfect for him. Are the Patriots because Tom Brady's going to be here for a while? Yep, till he's and Bill 80. Belichick has the system in place, and the Saints because the Saints you still have a guy like Drew Brees in front of you, and Sean Payton could be a coach that could work with Baker Mayfield. Those are really the only two that are like yes in love with if he goes there. But there's a sprinkling of others like you mentioned Jacksonville. Like I'll say my Denver Bronco one of where it's like if it happened you're like okay. Okay, let's see how it happens. Let's see what goes with. But are the Patriots and the Saints really like the? Yeah, really, it's one of those two teams. Yeah, or I don't it's think a they'll take them. Toss of a coin. Yeah, I think it. I think a team is going to try. Like you said before, there's a lot of time here, so I think a team is really mm-hmm. going to try and make a splash with this guy. He, I think he's a. He's got issues now, but he will. He'll be a draft climber. Well, and the thing that's going to play important into this is. I'm going to say his college football playoff is going to be really important because the time off, not really, because how often do you have a month off between games in the NFL? Not really. You don't. The largest you have is two weeks. If you have a bye week or you make the Super Bowl because you virtually get a bye week before the Super Bowl, that's really the Mm -hmm. largest time off you're going to have. But just the... Are you going to play up for that big moment? Because the last time we saw him in the college football playoff, his team got blown out by Clemson two years ago. No, that was a completely different Oklahoma team, but let's see what you're doing with with the offense that you have now. Also, I feel like the interviews at the Combine are going to be huge when it comes to Baker Mayfield and where he is drafted 
But before we move on, any final thoughts that you have about either Baker Mayfield or a fit that we didn't talk about with an NFL team? No, I just think that when it comes to Baker Mayfield, uh, it'll be very interesting to see his climb. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I mean, everything outside of uh, you know where we are right now is just going to help him climb back up. Mm-hmm. Um so that'll be something to watch, and, and some team's going to probably fall in love with them. The thing I want to throw out there, and this is for all the Baker Mayfield supporters and lovers, at the first mock draft, where was Patrick Mahomes? Not even in the quarterback discussion. It was Watson, it was Trubisky. Oh, well, he was in mine. Yeah, but for most people, Watson, Trubisky, Watson, Trubisky. My first mock draft, yeah, I made a statement last year. I didn't have a single quarterback because I didn't think any of them deserved to be. I don't know how that worked out. Eventually, I had Trubisky at number two, which that's where he ended up going. But Mahomes worked himself in. Baker Mayfield can work himself in. Let's not crown him. Let's have him earn it. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. What would be the best ideal fit for Baker Mayfield in the NFL? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's end everything out before we make our picks for Week 14. We're going to end up with still NFL draft discussion here. If you didn't catch our Baker Mayfield, you're on YouTube. Go ahead and check that out. But now we're looking at the Cleveland Browns, a team that I mentioned in that Baker Mayfield discussion. But now we're just going to look at the Browns, and I'll just ask you right away, Mark, no more kind of teasing the subject. Who do you think the Browns could draft number one overall? It's very early, but who could they draft? And we're going to say could because obviously we're not going to tell you will because next week we'll tell you who they will. Well, you know, uh, who could they draft? I'm glad you asked it in the way you did because the mm-hmm. answer is literally anybody. anybody. They're number one overall. Um, they they have their choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think the first thing that everybody needs to, to say and, and the immediate answer out of everybody's mouth when they say, who do you think the Cleveland Browns will probably draft? It should be Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is one of those clear-cut prospects uh, as a quarterback. I mean, this guy's got the fundamentals you want. He uh, has had great season. You know, he's doing everything that he needs to do to solidify a top pick Mm -hmm. as a quarterback. Now, the flip side is, of course, Cleveland Browns just got Kaiser last year in the Mm -hmm. second round. Do they want to do a Cleveland Browns-like move of saying, yeah, we know we thought, like, we made you think you would be the future, uh, but we just drafted somebody instead. You know, that is a very Cleveland Browns move. Um, Now, it's not the wrong move because Kaiser hasn't done very great this year. Also, one thing I want to bring up, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up, is this is something that you have mentioned, of course, in past podcasts and you're on this boat it all depends on what the browns also do on black monday yeah what if they go 0 and 16 and they decide hey hugh it's not working out goodbye bye felicia and they get rid of them i mean there's a good chance they go even 1 in 15 and still say bye felicia yeah get out of here please <laughs> uh you know the man was not what he kind of was promised i mean mm-hmm. he's had two years now and he's won a single game that's it. And this roster is not as bad as a 0-16 team would need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that's been terrible um, handling of the quarterback situation. 
And I think that's something. Do they that, really have a true quarterback though? Like, do you think they drafted that, one in the second round? I know, I get that, but do you honestly think that Deshaun Kaiser's the guy? No. Not now. Eventually, do you think he'll ever be the guy? No, I'll because I think they're going to they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, most likely. Yeah. I'm not going to give away if that's for sure what I'm saying yeah. because they have multiple picks. But let me ask you this, and this is just me getting on this a little bit. Let's say they're mm-hmm. not going to. And you're stuck with Deshaun Kaiser in your hypothetical situation. Yeah. Are you confident he can develop into the guy? Because I'm I not. think potentially. Because I'm not. I'll take one of the. T- I'll take Rosen or Darnold over Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, if yeah, if I had the choice, I'm probably going to take a quarterback over yeah. him. Um, but of course, like I said, they picked seventh as well, so mm-hmm. they have another opportunity to could have two top five picks depending on how bad the Texans do. Yeah, I'm just going seventh off of just yeah, whichever random now. order we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're completely right on that. You know, especially because when I think of what I would like to have, um, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, a big thing I want is, of course. Defense. It's always going to be defense. Mm-hmm. But something else that I want is some good wide receivers. You know, I think that we're seeing a little bit of an uptick in uh, in Kaiser right now. And part of the reason we're seeing that, of course, is going to be Corey Coleman playing mm-hmm. uh, and helping him out and getting some success that way. If we can get some weapons to help out Kaiser, that's going to help. And Part of the way you can go is you can say, let's just get a really good running back. Other thing is you can say, let's get a really good wide receiver. Number one, overall, I don't think there is a, you know, a Calvin Johnson or an Adrian Peterson type of guy out there. The number one, depending on who you ask, I know Brandon didn't have him number one, but most people have Calvin Ridley from Alabama as their top wide receiver. However... He's not going to be a guy you look at one, two, three. He's a guy that you could look at five, six, seven with that Houston Texan pick. Yeah, if you have it, and that's one thing that they do have. They have the option to hey, we can pick with that. The one thing that you mentioned that I kind of want to hit on, and I was kind of thinking about it, is there's a guy who's not in the Heisman discussion. He was actually snubbed from it. Running back from Penn State, Saquon Barkley. I know that like they asked. Mel Kuyper this yesterday or today, and he goes, I'll never take a running back in the first round. It's like, we get it, Mel. You can sit down. We get it. You don't like taking running backs in the first round. But I just, I look at, and I know I've had this discussion with Brandon. I look at Isaiah Crowell, and I go, you know what? Just under 600 yards this year, two touchdowns, an average of 3.8. Are you really the guy I want being that? Duke Johnson Jr., I know we drafted you. I thought that you'd take the job from Isaiah. You have not. Mm -hmm. Are either of you really the guy to beat our running back? Oh, wait. Look at what the Jaguars are doing. Their quarterback had questions. They gave him a running back who's dominant, and now he's better. So let's do that. Part of me wants to say just do that and take Saquon Barkley number one. You could. You could. Who's a guy who can rush the ball or catch the ball yep. out of the backfield. And I think it would it would work out. It would make some of your other uh, you know running backs that you have better mm-hmm. coming off the bench and having some success there. Something that I don't think they will do, but I would like it because mm-hmm. I, I really like what this player can do. Okay, uh, is Bradley Chubb? Oh, he was. I was going to bring him up next. Can you imagine Miles Garrett 
and Bradley Chubb just this is this reminds in me of you. like when the uh, the Texans drafted Clowney mm-hmm. and everyone was terrified of Watt and Clowney. Uh-huh. Um, the two had barely been on the field at the same time, <laughs> uh, but it was a good idea mm-hmm. at the time. You Hypothetically, know, I I think that this oh it would just. This is a way where you can make games manageable for mm-hmm. your quarterback who you're not 100% sold on or who is not fully developed yet. You know, if you can have a great pass rush, if you can keep the score low, then all of a sudden you're not a zero to one win team anymore. Mm-hmm. Your quarterback who's not amazing can start to win you some games. And I get that Bradley Chubb isn't on the same level as Miles Garrett, but his numbers are better than Miles Garrett was. Like, I looked at his numbers, and I'll look them up again just to fact-check myself. I want to say his numbers were better this year than Miles Garrett was last year in college football. And, I mean, with that, I mean, if he's a guy that can get after the quarterback and now you have two guys on the outside, and I know we're talking hypothetical here. I mean, you could draft him, could be a huge bust, but just the potential of what that could mean for your team, then at five you can go and get a Calvin Ridley and go ahead and have your guy like Coleman have Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to be a guy that plays in the slot and will be a guy that does well in the Mm -hmm. middle of the field. But, yeah, like this year at North Carolina State, 23 tackles for loss, 10 sacks for Bradley Chubb this year. So 10 sacks, 23 Tackles for loss. Miles Garrett in his last year at Texas A&M, 8.5 sacks. So Bradley Chubb has a sack and a half more, kind of in the same ballpark. But 15 tackles for loss compared to, what, 2023? That's a huge jump. The most that Miles Garrett ever had was that 2015 season where he had 19 and a half. And Bradley Chubb has had over 20 the past two years. Yeah. It's just one of those things for the for the Browns. They got to think about what they're going for. Do they want to readdress the quarterback situation again? Mm-hmm. Do they want to build upon a defense which was not too long ago the strongest part of this team? And who they did they got big parts last year yeah. with getting Deshaun Kaiser for the offense. They got Miles Garrett and Jabril Peppers. Like those were the two mm-hmm. big guys that they got to kind of bring into that defense. It was. Uh, Peppers, Garrett, and uh, David um, Joku, who were their three first-round picks yeah. last year. And it's the kind of thing right now where, for Cleveland, uh, there's always the possibility of trading back. Mm-hmm. You know, insert your money ball joke here. Um, just trade everything away. And, Do you think they should? Get... I'll ask that. Should they trade the pick? I mean, why not? With having the Houston pick, does that... Is that why you're saying yes, because they have that Houston pick also? Yeah, because I think, you know, a quarterback is not going to change the Cleveland Browns right now. No. Right now. Um, so they can get away with missing on a couple of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem that they have is the fact that Cleveland never has a quarterback. But if they do that and they say, look, Deshaun Kaiser, we just drafted him last year. He needs more time. We need to give him time to develop. Mm -hmm. We're not going to ruin him by just replacing him and throwing him away right away. That is such a not Cleveland Browns move to make Mm -hmm. that you have to respect that. You might not agree with it, but you have to respect them going for it and doing it. 
So I think they can get away with missing on the quarterbacks here that everybody's in love with. Uh, Plus, we just talked about Baker Mayfield being a guy who might be in the second round. There will be options there. And I know I said I want nothing to do with Baker Mayfield if Mm -hmm. I'm Cleveland, but I'm not the one making the decisions. You know who I try to sucker in to a trade? If the order is what it is right now, and let's say for the sake of argument here that the Browns executives are like, Deshaun Kaiser's our guy. Yeah. We're not bringing in another quarterback. We're going to entertain offers at least for the pick. Mm -hmm. The team I am trying to entice— and sucker them into trading for the number one pick is the Denver Broncos at four. And the reason why is in the last segment, you know how I said, well, you know, Baker Mayfield might be a good fit because John Elway could kind of be a mentor to him. Sure. You don't think John Elway would look at Sam Darnold and be like, and the only reason I say Sam Darnold is this is the, and we're going to have this discussion this draft season. I know we are. We're going to have a Rosen Darnold discussion sometime this process. Here's my kind of cheat sheet for when it comes to Rosen and Darnold at this point. Rosen has the higher floor. Darnold has the higher ceiling. If you're looking for this year, go for Rosen. If you're looking for the future, go for Darnold. Either one of them. You don't think that John Elway would be Pavlog's dog, just saliva at the mouth for one of these quarterbacks, and he could get his pick of the two at number one? Yeah, I think it's interesting, but I think he... I think he'd go Rosen because he thinks this team can win now. Not even that. I just think that... I don't think they need to. I mean, you you Mm got to really sell him that bridge. Well, that's what I'm saying. If I'm the Browns, I really try to sucker them into that. There's only one thing the Browns don't have that could help them do that. John Lynch. John Lynch, the ultimate, hey, I'm going to sucker a team into yeah, you, trading for you the love, pick. You love to say it every podcast, <laughs> and I, I still I still don't buy you on it. But I think that the New York football Jets mm-hmm. are a team that you, you would be able to get to trade up because the Giants— Which they would be middle of the first round-ish. The, the Jets? Wouldn't they? One, two, three, four, right five, now. six— let me see. I think one, they're still. I don't know. They ju- they did just win, didn't they? Yeah, one, Sunday, two, so I think three, that four, five, it up. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteenth. So they're not far out of the top ten. They're in the upper they, half. They would need to make quite the jump to yeah. make it happen. Uh, not impossible. Mm-hmm. I would want them to do it because they don't have a quarterback right now. They have Josh McCown. That's not a solid long-term answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be a team that does sit there and say, "Well, we'll wait for Baker Mayfield." Um, but at the same time. They are a team where you can say, hey, the New York Giants, if we're not taking a quarterback, the Giants get the first pick, Mm -hmm. then the Broncos, then we have another chance to think about it. And maybe this time we'll do it if one of those other two didn't do it. So Mm -hmm. if you really want one of these quarterbacks, you're going to need to jump everybody. One last guy I want to mention out there, and I want to ask you what you would do in this situation, is I have seen... And this kind of brings in the quarterback situation. When I was watching, it was Greeny, Kuyper, and McShay talking about who the Browns could draft here. They threw out Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, the kid from Wyoming, who you got to, the one thing you got to take into consideration is this year he had a lot of talent lost to the NFL. Wyoming is not a team that, boom, we're reloading right away. He's a guy that's all potential. All potential. 
He's nowhere like Darnold, where Darnold can at least step in, mm-hmm. and although his ceiling is higher, he could at least be your starter day one. Josh Allen, I think, is not a starter. He is all potential. Do you see him being an option for the Browns at one over Rosen over Darnold? No, I don't. Um, de- 100% not at number one. There's no mm-hmm. reason to take a, a guy who is a project at number one overall. That makes no sense. Especially when you have Kaiser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't have. It's not like we're sitting here saying, "I know we have Drew Brees, but we're gonna need somebody in two or three years." Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what's happening right now. And the flip side of it too, with Josh Allen is, you know, I know he was doing well when he had some of that talent, and now that talent is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does kind of it is something you should take into account. But at the same time. You do kind of hope that a guy can make other players better. Mm-hmm. And he definitely didn't make other players better this year. Um, and that would kind of scare me a little bit. To me, I am shocked that, for example, Mel Kuyper has him at number six on his big board. That shocks me. Do you want to know where I – do you want to take a guess at where I had him on my big board? I put him 20 or below. I did not. I had him at nine. All be, The only reason why I had him at nine is because he's all potential. Yeah, and if he lives up to that potential, could be but one see, of the solid. That's the problem for me for the big board. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm looking at it wrong, but for me, a big board should be who is the better player, mm-hmm. not who will maybe become good one day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what I'm interested in. A big board, I want it to be who is going to make a difference now. The projects are something I can do in the third, the fourth, the fifth mm-hmm. round. Um, and that's why Josh Allen, to me, is a fascinating quarterback. Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys that— Well, he was a guy that early on, like, I'm talking mm-hmm. preseason, it was—I had him in the mock draft that we did on the Primetime Podcast for the preseason— I had him fourth to the Jaguars because I was on the assumption that Blake Bortles is not your quarterback. You're going to replace him at the end of the year. I'm wrong. They're not going to replace him at the end of the year. And number two, it's if he plays well this year, could be a top five pick behind Rosen, behind Darnold. And he's a junior, right? I believe so, yeah. So he's got the potential to stay. They all, And that's the thing is with with Rosen, Darnold, and Allen, I believe. Um, I'm going to double check really quick. Because Baker Mayfield is the only senior. He's not the, the only one. Um, well, I mean, of the main group. Of the main group, n- no, Lamar Jackson is a oh, senior, Oh, I forgot too. about Lamar Jackson. Like here, so the main seniors that we've got are Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Luke Falk. He didn't have as great of a year. Yeah, I wouldn't really consider um, him of the main group. With But then you've got the two Joshes, Rosen and Allen, and Darnold, they are all juniors. Another senior is the kid from Oklahoma State, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. So you've got the Oklahoma boys, Lamar Jackson, and Falk are your seniors. To me, Allen is one of those guys where if he comes out this year, which I don't think he should, but if he mm-hmm. comes out this year, he's going to be one of those interesting ones. The ones where everyone's like, well, you could— you know, but mm-hmm. why would you? Yeah. You know, and he's going to be one of those guys that goes in like the third round and the team that drafts him is going to feel like they got a steal and there's a good chance he never amounts to anything. Kind of like Connor Cook. Yeah, actually. it's a, Yeah, that's a good example. Did Connor Cook go third round or second round? I, 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 I know don't remember, that, but I, I would guess when, third. I know that when people, when he was drafted by the Raiders— there were a lot of people that were like, wow, Raiders. I know they got Derek Carr, but they might have had 
a steal there. He was a fourth rounder. Fourth. Okay. He yeah. was a fourth rounder. So that's what I see. That's what I see Allen as. Not necessarily as a fourth rounder. I mean, I just see him yeah. as that type of player. Except the only difference is Connor Cook went to a Power 5 school. Wyoming, not exactly a Power 5. The one that everyone's going to throw out there is obviously Carson Wentz, which I think is ludicrous because Carson Wentz that has some— That comparison doesn't make well, sense. No. Carson Wentz has this. He well, I has don't want to say me- Josh Allen doesn't. I'm not saying smarts. I'm saying the—like, me- when I look at Carson Wentz, he has the— Maturity. He has everything. The total package. You can tell when you look at him that he's mature. Exactly. Well, I can tell through his college career how mature he was, and he was just the total mm-hmm. package. With Allen, I look at it and I go, "You're very raw. You've got the potential, but I just don't see that same leadership quality." And mainly, like you said, if you're such a great leader, you're such a great player. Why couldn't you make other players better at Wyoming? I think that's a good point. Any final thoughts you got on the Browns at number one? Uh, you know, my my thing for the Browns is just keep trying to trade. I I know we make fun of the money ball thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think it's going to work. I have a video that, yeah. yeah. I just think that people need to, you know, I, I it just, it works when you can get people to overpay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Cleveland needs. They have to understand, though, that if they're not going to get somebody to give up multiple first round picks, then it's not worth it. You know, then you should get out. But yeah, I think it could. Now the flip side is, of course, you know, you see a guy like Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. or you see like a Deshaun Watson or something yeah. like that, and you're like, oh man, we could have had one of those guys. They could have had Deshaun Watson. Um, but the flip side of it is too, the Texans are a way better team mm-hmm. than the Browns. The Philadelphia Eagles are not even playing the same football but Desha- game. As and the I'm Browns. just looking at Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Kaiser because they were the same draft. Yeah. Deshaun Watson was a way better. I had him mm-hmm. ranked higher than Deshaun Kaiser, and I'd rather have well, Deshaun yeah. Watson I mean, than Deshaun did. Kaiser. But so I wouldn't the, have made that trade. And, and this is not a fair thing to say necessarily, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. One of these players is injured right now, and the other one's still able to play. True. But which one do we think is going to come back next year and A, have a job? And Kaiser be, has a job next year. Kaiser, if they draft a Darnold or a Rosen, still has a he, job. Might not have a, he might not be the starter is what I'm well, saying. Well, that's a different Deshaun thing. Deshaun Watson comes back next year, he's sure. the starter. He is, but— He won that job and took it from he, Tom he is a, That wasn't hard. <laughs> that, uh, you know, he's got the job, but yeah. those— you know, the quarterbacks that are willing to get out of the pocket, the mm-hmm. quarterbacks who are willing to run it, you know how I feel. I am scared of the injury. I am not a Brandon, risk taker in that sense. Brandon discussed it in our big board. Yeah. He brought up RG3. It's right there. You mm-hmm. know, I am not the guy who wants my quarterback to take risks. I see I see Mitch Trubisky do it every now and then. I'm like, Mitch, just don't. The team's not good mm-hmm. anyways. We don't need to win this game. Get and, down, please. And one thing we're all about here on the primetime podcast is we're all about the long, or not the primetime, the onside kick. Yeah. We're all about the long play here. Mm-hmm. You asked a question at the beginning of the podcast. I have your answer for you. All right. Eli Manning held up the Charger jersey, giant hat. Pictures only show him in a giant hat. The only picture with a Charger is that giant, or that Charger jersey on yeah. the stage. With a big old frown on his Never face. Never had the uh, Charger hat on. So there's the question there you go. that you had from our first segment. This is where you guys come in and let us know what you guys think down below. I know there's going to be people that have already said or are going to say, 
But guys, the Browns aren't for sure the number one team. Yes, two they more are. losses. Yes, they they're are. the number one team. They play the Ravens. They play the Steelers. Good luck. You're the number one pick in the NFL draft. Enjoy us. But let us know who you think could be. Here's a two parter. Who do you think should be the number one? And then I want you guys to guess who you think Mark and I are going to put number one in our mock draft next week for the Cleveland Browns. It's a two-part question. Who would you put? Then who do you think Mark and I are going to put as the number one pick for the Cleveland Browns in our mock draft next week? But Mark, let's end the podcast like we always do, making our picks for the NFL Week 14. We've got four games left until we are into the playoffs. I cannot wait, but this week, let's get right into it. The Thursday night football game, a NFC South Supremacy matchup, the 9-3 Saints, the 7-5 Falcons. Saints are only one-and-a-half-point favorites here. Who do you got? The Saints or the Falcons in Atlanta? A lot is going to be determined in the NFC South, obviously. Um, And I don't think it's really going to be a super clear answer for for who wins. I mean, we saw that with this Saints in in Carolina game. I think that the home game for Atlanta Mm -hmm. can be one where they can play spoiler. Uh, and I'm kind of expecting them to do so on a Thursday night in December. Um, I want to ride up Atlanta on this one and say that they're going to surprise New Orleans and make it even more difficult for them. I am going to go on the other side. I'm going with the Saints, and the reason being is I know that the Saints don't have the same exact defense that the Minnesota defense does. Our defense is really good. Call us the Purple People Eaters. We'll eat you right up. However... This defense is really good for the Saints. They can take a few things from the game they saw the Vikings play against Matt Ryan last week and Julio Jones. Drew Brees equal to Matt Ryan, if not better. I will ride Drew Brees in this defense over a struggling Falcon team, even at home in Atlanta. Then moving on into the Sunday games, we'll start with your team, the Bears, going into Cincy, going into the jungle, playing the Bengals. Bengals a six-point favorite. Who you got? Yeah, the Bears can't really win anything right now. Um, they're really trying hard to get that that number one pick. They're hoping Cleveland wins out at this point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't have any hope for Chicago to actually win it. But, you know, the GOAT's out there, and he's going to throw for 10 touchdowns. So, uh, got to pick Chicago. This is not a game that I like. This does not appeal to me. I probably like unless red zone I'll shows do what me I do this for game, every Chicago game. Sit there, watch and it, do and be homework. sad. Yeah, just, Mark's doing something during the game. It's just background noise I, you at know, this point. I'm in a damn finance class and I hate <laughs> it, so I might as well do it while I'm hating watching football. I will go with the Bears as well, only because like, yeah, I know the Bengals played well Monday night, but they played up for the Steelers, and the Steelers played down for opponents. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think this could be Trubisky's best game. I'm going to go ahead and say it. They Probably won't, it. but, you know, could be they one of his best throw it games. like 15 times. You know, it, when you adjust mm-hmm. for, for drops, yep. uh, Mitch only had one incompletion. Wow. In, uh, in the last well, game. Well, of course, you've got uh, the next Gale Sayers in uh, Tariq Cohen. That's right. He's the first rookie since, uh, since Gale. Gale Sayers to do what? A receiving, I, a rushing, and a I punt literally return? sat there and I'm next to my wife and, mm-hmm. I, and I say to her, I'm like, Watch this shit. Like, as soon as he starts to, I'm like, you watch this shit. Like, How this, he goes one and like, he turns. This <laughs> kid pisses me off so much with this. And then it works. And I'm like, and that makes it worse. Because it just reinforced a bad habit that he has. Of mm. He does the same thing that Devin Hester did at the end of his career. 
mm-hmm. goes east to west, doesn't go north to the south, and it doesn't work. Except when it did last week. It works week. like once or twice. Yeah, and I then, know. And then I know. that's it. I just, I just like, except for when Ugh. it works last week. Let's move on. We got the Colts. We've got the Bills in Buffalo. Yeah. This one doesn't have a line right now on Tuesday night. Why so, bother? So Why straight, waste your time? Straight picket. Who you got, Colts or Bills? Yeah, this is an interesting fun fact here. Uh, mm-hmm. There are over 5,500 tickets available starting at $4 <laughs> for this. So The cheapest is at 4 If you If you got a $5 bill in your pocket, you can go see a football game. Nice. Um so there you go. It's a really cheap date, mm-hmm. but if you take your date to see the Buffalo hey, Bills, that's a $10, that's a $10 and the Indianapolis Colts, you're probably not getting a second <laughs> date. Um, I don't know. I guess Indianapolis. I I keep feel I feel like I keep picking Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. because I want him to be good, and it keeps not really working for Indianapolis. I'm gonna pick the Bills for one reason and one reason alone. Do I know what that is? No. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia bringing this one home. Bills get the win Terrible. over the Colts. Then this is the most intriguing game to me all week. Yeah. And this is because the Browns, this could be your best shot. Well, you, no. get, you get two shots to get your first win. This is one of them. One of them's the Packers. The other one's the Bears. You know that, Ravens and Steelers are out. You know that Brett Hundley is actually like playing football now, right? Like, I get that. Somebody I'm just re- saying. Somebody reminded him, like, hey, by I'm the just way, saying, we try to win in the NFL. I'm just saying, out of the four games you have left, this would be, like, the second best chance. The, obviously, the best chance to get your first win now is the Bears. Yeah. This is the oh, yeah. second one because Ravens and Steelers, I'm already counting those as losses. For like, This should be an 0-14 yeah. Browns team because we already counted those as losses. However, I will go with the pack in this one in Cleveland and the Packers are three and a half well, point favorites. Well, I, I keep doing it every week, so I'm going to do it again because why not? You're going to pick the Browns. Uh, I'm going to pick you? the Browns. Eventually, they're going to win a game, and there I'm going to be some, right. I think it was someone last week that was like, ha, "The Browns beat the Chargers, not a chance." And I was like, "You do know what Mark is doing, right? Mark is just picking I'm the Browns." I'm going to be right one of these weeks. One of these weeks, they will win a game, and I will be the only person in the world that picked them. To and win. then you will laugh in our faces from your ivory tower. Yep. Right. When, when then someone's like, you know, you picked them like five times in a row and they lost four. We of them, don't right? talk about that. I picked them this week. That's what Mo- matters. Moving on though, an interesting game: six and six, Oakland, six and six, KC. Yeah, KC's a four-point favorite. Swanee talking about the struggles with the Chiefs, and that's what I think this week. Can check it out right up there. Yeah. Who you got here? Oakland or KC? This is one of those games where you just think, what's the point? You know, <laughs> the division. The division is on the line. Neither one of these teams is probably going to win it. The I mean, Chargers? Yeah. It, you got Oakland, which horrifically underperforms. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kansas City, or should we say last year's Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. who did really well and decided, yeah, that was fun while it lasted, but we're over it. <laughs> and now they're just losing everything they possibly can. Um, it's just, oh, man, I... Kareem Hunt's on my fantasy team, right? I'll, so I'll, I want to pick Kareem Hunt. To, I'll make to it do easy. It. I'll make it easy for you. You go with the black hole. I know they only won by once the last time. Chiefs are on the downcline, as I like to say here They've on been the podcast on it for years now. They are still on the downcline. I'm going to go with Oakland in this one and the Raiders to get the win over I, the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. They're at home. 
That's really all it is. That's nope. all it is. And I want Kareem Hunt to have a good game. Then we're going to move on. We've got the Cowboys. It's and been weeks the since Kareem Hunt has won me a damn game in fantasy. Cowboys, Giants, Eli starts at MetLife Stadium this week. The Cowboys are only four point favorites. I got to go with the boys. How about you? Who is the interim head coach? It's Spagnola, Steve okay. Spagnola. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick the, the New York football Giants. <laughs> you are? Yeah. No, really? I, I actually am. Huh. Uh, it's at home. Okay. Dallas isn't that great because Zeke They're is still than, not back yet. Better than the Giants, though. Well, yeah, everybody is. Okay. With the exception of like the, Browns. the Bears and the Browns. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they, they were able to beat them last year, and I think that mm-hmm. a little bit of that still is in the hearts of, of the Dallas Cowboys. They remember mm-hmm. that, so it's a little bit of an inspiration for them. But like I said, no Zeke. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's Eli's first start back. And if ever Eli's going to— In that roaring stadium that's going to be right behind him. Yeah, all like six of the fans out there. (laughs) Uh, If Eli is ever going to go out there and just light you up— It'd be this game. This is it. And and when you get a new—when you get an interim coach, an interim head coach— Win it for the Gipper mentality. Yeah, players start to really play. And want to know why? Because there's a lot of bubble players that Mm -hmm. think, shit, I'm out of here too next year. Let me impress this new guy Mm -hmm. just in case— he becomes a real head coach. Yeah. I want them to know that I was playing well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm picking the Giants. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think the Giants are not going to be very well. And plus, Giant fans, it might help you to be a higher pick at this point. Don't go winning games off of pride. We want draft picks here. That's what we're going for. The next game, we've got the 6-6 six and six Lions. We've got the 4-8 and eight Bucks. Straight pick them yet again. I'm going with the Lions getting the win on the road in Tampa. Yeah, I know that. It was a rough game for Jameis, his first game back. Uh, things were not looking good. Um, he, he wasn't able to really connect with Mike Evans at all. Um, Detroit's not doing what they need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. Detroit is just begging for Aaron Rodgers to come back in Week 15 and knock them out of the playoffs. Uh, and With a Hail Mary. Yeah, really. Um, so I, I'm going to roll Tampa Bay on this one. Really? They can do it. You're going to roll with Tampa Bay. You're going with a lot of the upset picks. It's a good week for upsets. It is a good week for upsets. Moving on, next one, we've got the 10-2 Minnesota Vikings. My 10-2 Minnesota Vikings going up against the 8-4 Panthers. I have to apologize to Skull Vikes Nation out there. Last week, I was like, well, first off, everyone's like, what are you saying? You're afraid of the Eagles. I'm sorry. The Eagles are a good team. Yeah, I know they played the Seahawks and lost. Doesn't mean they're not a still do. a good team. But last week I was like, you know what? This is going to be the real test for the Vikings. If we can beat the Falcons, then I'll buy in a little bit more. Guess what? Cha-ching, cha-ching. Ricky's putting his money where his mouth is. Vikings get the win in Carolina over the Panthers. They're also two-and-a-half-point favorites, there the Vikings. Um, yeah, I mean, logic tells you you should pick the Vikings. They're, they're the better team in this situation. You've been one to say that this could be a trap game. And I'm going to do it again. Uh, it's <laughs> well, at you home. like to claw up. I do like to claw up. It's at home for Carolina. You know, I like Cam Newton. I, I know that people, you know, people like to get down on, mm-hmm. on Cam, but they're doing what they need to do. They they had a great game against New Orleans. Things were not going the way they wanted it to go, but they were showing that there is so much heart in this team, and this mm-hmm. is a team that wants to win. And right now, with New Orleans and Atlanta going against each other, one of those teams is going to lose. This is a chance for Carolina to get a little bit of a leg up. It's against a really hard opponent, 
But this is how you make a splash and say, we're a real deal. Look at us beat one of these good teams. Uh, I'm going to claw it. Next Carolina. one, we've got the 2-10 and 10 San Francisco 49ers going up against the 4-8 and eight Texans. Texans are a field goal favorite. Mark, who do you got? I do want to pick Garoppolo on this one. I do. But here's my thing about Jimmy. Uh, he, he showed that he, he's got what he needs for it to be a quarterback in the, in the NFL. That the Bears should have never let go of um, Robbie Gold. Is that what they proved last week? You don't even need me to get into it. <laughs> Robbie Gold had back-to-back terrible years for Chicago. <sighs> Lost so many games by his missed kicks. I just like I just like lighting the it's fuse just, on that one. I ba- I tried to base you. So into many it and it Bears worked. fans right now are like, "Oh, we should have never let him go." Why? <laughs> he lost us four games in the year that we let him go. Four games, and he's an overpaid kicker. <sighs> now I get it. He's doing well for San Francisco. San Francisco is two and ten right now. Um, don't have really many game-winning field goals in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, let's not get excited about the guy on a 2-for-10 team, 2-and-10 uh, team. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo went out there, and he he showed that he was pretty pretty good. But mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers also showed that they're the San Francisco 49ers. They're a two-win team for a reason. There's a reason why the, the, the new quarterback here, I wanted to call him a rookie, he's not a rookie, uh, couldn't throw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Because the team's not good enough to do it. And this is a better defense than the Chicago Bears defense is. Um, Low-scoring game, I think Houston squeaks by. This is, and I'm stealing this from the Primetime Podcast, if there was any this week, Mark, upset special going with the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. But the here, here's the one thing I want to say. People kept saying, like, oh, you know, how could the Bears lose to the San Francisco 49ers? The Houston Texans, it's an upset if they lose to the San Francisco 49ers. It's not. You have a new quarterback well, that I'm, came in. I'm saying that is lifeblood into a, a shitty team. The only reason I'm saying upset is it's primetime podcast rules. Well, yeah. It's going against the line. Yeah. The Texans are picked to win. I get, I get the line. Uh, Texans are picked to win, so I that's think why that it's an upset A lot special. of people are like, oh my god, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> upsetting teams. No, he's a he's a good quarterback. Everyone expected him to be good. He and what, should be able to go in and win. And when you're 2-10, you're going to be the upset. That's what you you're going to be. You should win. That's what you're going to be. When you get a young quarterback like this coming in wanting to make his name, mm-mm, you should win games. And 10 bucks right now on Blog Talk Radio, they're like, Ricky, the noise reduction completely took your whisper out of it. I said, when you're 2-10, you should be the upset team, meaning you should be the underdog in that scenario. Not if you have the best-looking quarterback in the NFL. Let's move on. we got the Jets. we got the Broncos in uh-huh. Denver. The Jets are a one-point favorite. Who you got in this one? They should be. The Denver Broncos are a disaster right now. They're a mess. There's nothing yeah. going right here. That's why I'm going to go J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I will and this as well. Is, and this is where I, Dave, brought up this week. He was so how's that 0-16 uh, going? I went, so I thought they'd lose all their games. 49er fans said the same thing when I picked them to go 0-16. Yeah. It just, it it's something that happened. You just like to pick teams to go 0-16. They are the only two, though. 2015 and now were the only teams I've ever picked to go 0-16. You love to do it. I Last year I had a few that were one win, but I'm going to go with the Jets along with you. Then we got the Titans and the Cardinals in Arizona. Titans a three-point favorite. Who you got? Um, okay, so you have uh, 
Oh, damn, I can't. I'm blanking on his name. They're quarterback right now for, for Mar- Arizona. Um, they're, they're crappy backup who's Drew throwing Stanley. interceptions like nothing. No, uh, not him. So I'm picking the Tennessee Titans while you look this up because this Tennessee Blaine Titans. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Yo, Gabba Gabba. Uh, I was getting confused. I was remembering the B name, but I was trying to put mm-hmm. it in his last name. Yo, Gabba um, Gabba. They're going to. I mean, the guy's throwing interceptions. Like it's his job. It's not his job, but he thinks it is. The Tennessee Titans. It is if you want them to lose games and get a that's higher true. draft. That's true. That's a pick. good point. The Tennessee Titans are uh, a defense that's actually kind of started to click, mostly because of the pass rush. That's mm-hmm. what's really doing it for him. Uh, and Mariota's not single handedly lighting things up like I would like him to, uh, but they've got more than enough to beat Arizona. Is that a fantasy, a fantasy thing where you said Mariota? Uh, how you'd like? I don't to? have him. I didn't no, know if he was on, on your team. fantasy team. Mm-mm. Your uh, nine loss fantasy team, by the way. I, yeah, my team is uh, a nice. Are you are you, are you nine is, losses or did you get to ten losses? No, no, I'm, okay. I'm four and nine. Uh, here's the thing: <laughs> four and nine. I, I look at my team and I remember the mm. way I drafted my team, and I had you know and Matt you were Ryan. Vote, in our league, you were voted the number one, like second one of best. The best drafted team, second best team uh, that was drafted. I had Matt Ryan. I had Kareem Hunt, which was great until, mm-hmm. you know, Andy Reid is Andy Reid. Uh, I have Zeke. Was Ly- I've got Andrew Luck, which was supposed to come back at one point. Was Lions guy the number one voted team no, in our league? No, it was Sean. Sean, that's right. It was Sean. And he is the number one seed in our league? Yep. Man, started out 0-3, and then I went 8-2. and after going 0 and 3, made the playoff. You better not get beautiful. bounced. I well, hey, I got my money back in our league, so that's all I care about. The it's Red, called pride, Ricky. The you Red play for pride and the, the trophy. The Redskins and the Chargers moving on. Chargers, a six point favorite. Who you got? The Skins Chargers. or the Chargers? I'm going to go bolting up too. Yeah. I'm going to bolt with the Chargers over Curdy Cousins and the Redskins. Then we got a me. A good afternoon game. We've got late afternoon Eagles. Mm-hmm. We've got Rams. I am going to go with the Eagles in this one, although the Rams are a two-point favorite. I love how in the middle of that sentence you just threw the word me into it. Did I? <laughs> For no reason. You're like, we got a good game, me. <laughs> and then you kept going about the, the L.A. Uh, Rams and the Philadelphia Did, Eagles. Didn't even, didn't even realize it. It that, was really that weird. That is how late it is to where yeah. I am just spewing stuff out. With that in mind, <laughs> me. what I'm going to spew out um, is actually I'm going to pick the L.A. Rams on okay. this one. Uh, love this offense. You know, the defense has been taking a step back, of course, right mm-hmm. now, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but Philly, you know, when they played a really good team in the Seattle Seahawks, who have a defense who, you know, the defense isn't as amazing as it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. But when they've, they've got a good defense, it was the first real kind of hard test for for the Philadelphia Eagles. And will that get into their heads? Probably not. But the one thing I want to say, a comparison I made last week when they played Chicago and destroyed Chicago was this team looks a lot to me like the Carolina Panthers that lost in the Super Bowl. Really cocky team. As soon as they face a real tough competition, Mm -hmm. they fell apart. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Philly. I'm just saying... Let's watch and see. So they the just went up against the Seahawks and lost. This is now their next best playoff team that they are going to play. Is it going to be in their head? Exactly. Or is it like, huh, they're playing playoff teams now, mm-hmm. and now we get to see what they are. It'll be interesting. I got them though, winning against the Rams. Then we've got another, to me, interesting game. The Seahawks, 8-4, and four, 
Yeah. The Jaguars at eight and four. Jaguars are three point favorites. However, I'm picking the Seahawks, and this is why. Beginning of the year, going into the bye, it was win the odd week, lose the even week. Then they screwed everything up by winning three games in a row. However, they are back on that trend after they lost week 12. The Chargers week 10, the only even week they have won, and that was in overtime, almost lost that one. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to beat the Jaguars, who can't win on even weeks. Yeah, first of all, how dare they? Uh, (laughs) But second of all... this is a tough one for me because I really and want— And I really wanted to pick the Jaguars, too. I do. I, I really had to, want to. I had to go with my convictions, go, though, and say they lose even And I, I think this is a really low-scoring game. I think it's a— 13-6? Like uh, yeah, I think this is just going to be a slow, methodical move here. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, I think, is really what it comes down to. He's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I want to point out, when everybody wrote off the Seattle Seahawks, when there was no chance of them getting into the playoffs, I was saying— they get hot in November and December and January. Mm-hmm. Look where they're at now. Fifth seed, one game away from tying the L.A. Rams for this division. And the last two games we got, first the Sunday night game in Heinz Field. We've got the Ravens at 7-5. we got the Steelers at 10-2. Mm-hmm. and two. I know the Steelers are a 5.5-point favorite. I'm going to go with the upset here, though. I'm going with the Ravens to walk into Pittsburgh, play up. Steelers play down, and the Steelers fall to ten and three. Quick question about this game: Will anyone mm-hmm. die in this game? Because this this last Maybe. Pittsburgh game, things are looking rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baltimore and Pittsburgh, those are those are rough games. Those mm-hmm. are those are tough games. I'm gonna pick the Steelers on this one. Um, you know, even though I like this this Baltimore defense. It's just plain simple. comes down to me, Joe Flacco, Big Ben. I'm going to pick Big Ben every time. In our last game, the Monday night game, the Patriots walk into Miami without Gronk and still get the win. They're 11.5-point favorites. They beat the Dolphins. Congratulations. I mean, this Gronk suspension is a joke. Um, do you want to, since we have time, do you want to vent about it a little bit? You want to give no, your frustrations? I, I won't go super far into it. Okay. I'll just say a few things. Um, I'm probably going to take, give me, go ten, give me 10 minutes. Go down the rabbit hole, Mark. <laughs> so, we got time. Uh, here it is. Okay. The, the one suspension is a joke. Okay. The, well, the one game. One game suspension, yeah. Because this is a player that you are not really that close to. Mm-hmm. And then you go out of your way to seek out. Out this player on the ground on the sideline. He's not even in the field of play. He is out of bounds right now. And you are going to body slam him, give him the people's elbow, whatever it is that people are saying. A lot of people are comparing. Take off that pad, yeah, right? throw it away. A, a lot of people were comparing the wrestling moves. And it really is because <laughs> he charges in there and then slams on him. And like, that is. Such a malicious move. I mean, people want to talk about like a Nadamakin Sue, the mm-hmm. stomp, you know, multiple stomps on quarterbacks, where he was part of the tackle and then stomped on him. I think this is even worse than that move because this is you putting your whole body into the back of the player's neck. That right there can end a career mm-hmm. without a doubt. If Pac Man Jones did it, if Perfect did it, they are out of the league, you know. Out of the league? That's an exaggeration. Or suspended for they're, the rest they're suspended of the year. for the rest of yeah. the season. But like, which is out of the league? Yeah, <laughs> like that's out of the league for this year. year. <laughs> um, 
like that's the that's the severity of it mm-hmm. for some of these other players. And the difference is people say, well, those players have a history. This player doesn't. And I think that's a bullshit ant. Like I think that's a bullshit excuse. Mm-hmm. Your history should not have anything to do with what you did today. If you walked out wherever onto Fifth Avenue, um, or whatever the quote was, uh, and you shot someone in the face. Well, I mean, you never shot someone in the face before. Okay, President Trump. Right? I'm, it was Fifth <laughs> Avenue, right? Uh, like, if you murder somebody today, and I know we're taking a huge jump I here. was like, are we really quoting President Trump I really right just wanted to throw another <laughs> Trump quote. I've been secretly putting Trump quotes into quite a few of these did things. You, did, you, um, did you quote Trump tonight before this? This was the first one oh, okay. this time. Okay. I like to throw a few of them in there because... <laughs> And the way the world is now, you got to have some fun with it, right? Yeah, try. Um, Try really hard. Uh, And it's like, I know that's a huge, that's a huge leap to make. But when you have one of these situations and we see it all the time with like domestic violence and things like that and Mm -hmm. sexual assault where someone goes, well, I don't think that's someone that would do that. What the fuck does that mean? You know what it looked like to me? It looked like. When you get, mm-hmm. like, little kids are playing a game, Yeah, right? and they pout. And one kid, like, gets the ball taken away, so he goes, and he just charges yeah. it. And you go, Jimmy, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. That's what it was This like. was a player who just got frustrated, lost himself, mm-hmm. and maliciously sought out a player to hurt. Mm-hmm. A vulnerable player exactly to hurt. Exactly like a five-year-old would do. Yeah. It is not something that should be in the NFL. And the the thing that blows my mind with this is not necessarily even just that. So he goes out and he apologizes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good. Kind of a crappy apology because he he starts off good. I think it was the beginning of it where he's, where he's talking about, you know, I lost myself. That's mm-hmm. not a player I recognize, whatever it was, um, and apologizes by name. And then he also puts the, like, but this is why I did it. And all of a sudden, that's not an apology anymore. Now it's an excuse. Now you're defending yourself. Yeah, you're defending yourself. And this is the thing where I see it and I start to have a big issue with this. And to mm-hmm. me, that apology did not mean a single thing because he's appealing the suspension. Mm-hmm. Well, it got upheld. It did, but you you appealed yeah. it. Yeah. That is bullshit. That's saying, I'm sorry, but I don't think I should have to face any consequences mm-hmm. for my action. If you were truly sorry, you man up, you take your... You take the responsibility. You take your suspension. Mm-hmm. You say, hell, I would have done too. And then you accept it and go on. Well, bullshit. That's going to do it for the onside kick. I want to thank you guys for watching or listening. A little housekeeping here at the end. You want an MVP t-shirt? Check out the description. We got all the steps for you to get your hands on a nice MVP t-shirt. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most available podcast. You like what we're doing here? Ten bucks. You could be on an onside kick with us where we talk about whatever topic you would like. That link is down below in the description. Then finally, if you have iTunes, you're on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. Give us a good review. Then do the same for the Primetime Podcast, the Fast Break, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast. I want to thank you guys for spending your day, your evening, your afternoon, whatever it is, with us today. I hope we entertained you, but as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.